Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. You got your Bibles, want to invite you to go to the book of Psalm. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible, just hold it up, if you will, up and down, and try to find the middle, and then just let it open. And you'll be in the book of Psalm. It's the biggest. It's the, it's the middle of the Bible. And if it's not on Psalm, just go a little to the left, a little to the right, and you'll be there. But I want you to go to the book of Psalm. I want you to go, if you will, to chapter 139. And we're going to look at some things as we talk about playing the hand you've been dealt. So we're going to play a little game of five-card stud. You okay with that? I, I know this might surprise you, but the game used to be just five card and they didn't know what to call it until February 19th 1965 they added the word stud which is weird because that's the day I was born anyway um (laughs) but let me let me tell you about the rule of the game is the game is simple You have to play the cards you've been dealt. That's how it works. You don't get to play someone else's cards. You don't even get to see their cards. To play the game of five-card stud, you get five cards, and you have to then start deciding, based on what you have, how you're going to play the game. Now, you can play the cards and bet whatever you think is appropriate, You can bluff your way through and think that somehow everybody else will fold because that's the third thing you can do. You can just throw your cards in and wait for the next hand. But you have to play your cards, which I think is the problem because it's not so much that you play the cards. You'll play the cards based upon, ready for this, how you embrace the cards. And there lies the problem. You get five cards. Believe it or not, there are five cards cards in your life that you've been dealt. And if you're going to play them, you've got to have to brace them. I want you to listen to what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7. Listen to how it reads in the message. A person who truly fears God, like not talking boogeyman fear, I'm talking a person who really understands who God is with an incredible holy respect and awe. A person who fears God deals responsibly with all of who they are, not just a piece of it. They understand the five cards they've been dealt. They embrace the five cards they've been dealt because they know who their God is. Not one of the cards, all five of the cards. And those people know they have the winning hand every time. They'll bet the farm. They'll bet the farm. But I think that's the problem. And I want to talk about that and want to help you with that because a lot of us, we've been dealt some cards. We don't like what we've been dealt and therein lies the problem. But I think it goes deeper and I will get into that. But before we look at each of the five cards, I think it's important I need to tell you four things about these cards. Now this isn't in your notes. But you might want to find a place to write these down because you need to understand them. If you're going to embrace the cards, you better know the cards you've been dealt. 
So let me tell you a little bit about these cards. Here's the first one. Every one of them is flawed. Every one of your cards that you've been dealt is flawed. It's imperfect. I've said it multiple times. We live in a broken world. Has anybody figured that out? Absolutely. I mean, folks, listen. The weather is broken. <laughs> Did anybody see that yesterday morning? It's a broken world. The economy is broken. We keep thinking we elect the right one, it's going to fix the economy. That ain't going to happen, folks. We're not looking for someone to fix the economy. We're looking for someone to put more money in our own pocket. Let's just call it what it is. Our bodies are broken. Look around. I don't care how hard you work on it. There's something over time called gravity. <laughs> Come on, look around. It's okay. You can look at your loved one and say, gravity. That's just gravity. Folks, our relationships are broken, are they not? I married a sinner. And my wife married a bigger one, okay? Every one of your cards are flawed. Here's the second thing you need to know. God sent Jesus to transform those cards. Amen. When you understand what Jesus really did. You ready for this? He keeps the same cards that you've been dealt. He just does something with them that'll blow your mind. And I'm going to show you that. Number two, or number three, the Bible teaches that one day you're going to give an account to how you played your cards. God isn't going to say, why didn't you play your cards more like Pastor Reed? Why didn't you play your cards more like Pastor Tom? You know what he's going to say? How'd you play your cards? You're going to give an account. But here's the fourth and the coolest, and we're going to look at this in the book of Psalm. God gave us this incredible love letter to show us how to win every time in playing the cards that you've been dealt. And this is what I love about God's Word. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to open up again to Psalm 139. By the way, how many use the Bible app? Come on, put your hand up. You just go there, click on it. I love the Bible app. The most downloaded resource there is, especially when it comes to the Bible. You know what I love about it? This is a little hard to fit in my pocket. Man, my phone fits just rightly. And yet in that phone, there's an app called the Bible app, and that thing's filled with an unbelievable power. Amen. So you just open it up and click on it. We're in Psalm 139. Let's look at the first verse. Look what it says. You have searched me, Lord. You have searched me. And you know me. <laughs> this word know is really important that you get this. It says emphatically that God knows everything about you. By the way, that should just stop you in your tracks. There ain't nothing about your life God don't know. He knows you. You ready for this? And he loves you. <laughs> You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit. You know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. 
You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. By the way, the Bible says you and I will give an account for every careless word we say. That's why James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Remember the old adage? Better to say nothing and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> Some of you are going, you have to think about that. Probably will hit you when you're talking. <laughs> You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Look what he says. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. And yet for some of you in this room, because you don't understand the cards you've been dealt, and you've never really understood how it is to embrace them, when you think about that, it sort of scares you. It's an audacious thought. You're just like, oh my goodness, he knows everything? Look what David says. Oh, no, no, no. He, yeah, he knows everything and it's just so wonderful. David understood the cards. He'd been dealt. He'd embraced the cards. He had been dealt. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And now I want you to skip down to verses 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Look what he says. I praise you. When's the last time you got up in the morning and said, God, I like me? When's the last time you got up and said, man, God, you're awful good. See, I like me. It's one of the things that really transformed my understanding, and I tell it all the time. The most important person in my life is me. And you say, well, that's a little arrogant. I disagree. It's the words of Jesus. I'll say them again. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, if you don't like you, that's the best you can love. A battery can't put out what it does not have. That's why I tell you this. Sometimes you might call and say, Pastor, can we meet? And you don't even know, but I say, nope, I already have an appointment. See, I schedule my reading time. That's why I can read about 52 books a year. Some people say, how do you do that? I schedule it. Why? Because if I'm not growing, what am I giving? I got to take care of me, so I write it in. I have time with God. And so people call up and say, Pastor, can we have breakfast? I say, nope, already have an appointment. I have to take care of me because as I'm healthy, guess who the recipients are? My wife, my children, the church. And now I can love my neighbors as myself. And who's myself? The one who loves God with all his heart, soul, and mind. Amen. So it makes sense. I like getting up in the morning. I like looking in the mirror and going, <laughs> God, you're good. <laughs> I praise you because I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully, I'm beautifully. I'm uniquely handcrafted by the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know them full well. Hence, I can play the cards I've been dealt. I know whom I believeth, and I'm convinced he's able to guard which I've entrusted until that day. But therein lies some of the problems 
some of you and how you play your cards because you just don't understand the cards and I'm going to help you understand the cards. Is that okay? And I believe that God's going to do something unbelievable. Five factors, five dimensions of your life and cards that you've been dealt and I want to help you with them and here's the first card and I want you to write it in. It's called the card of my DNA. It's my DNA. You were dealt that card. You didn't even get to choose. It's just who you are. I told you a few weeks back that the chances of two people having the same identical fingerprint is one in one billion, just one fingerprint. Try to fathom that. And the chances of siblings who are not twins to have the same DNA is one in 70 trillion. All that adds up to this. There's only one you. There's only one me. I just think that's cool. And if you're not being you, no one's being you. And if you're trying to be someone else, well, that's already taken. God made you, you. And he did it for a very profound, unique, eternal, awesome reason. Look what Jeremiah says. Chapter 1, verse 4, before I formed you in the womb, before I even formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. Praise God. That's awesome. Yeah. I know some of you are thinking, how could our pastor wear those jeans to church? <laughs> I know it. I know it, man. You haven't even heard anything I've said up to this point. Like somehow you're the fashion expert. I mean, you look good on the outside. It'd be nice if you change your underwear. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just crazy, isn't it? But we're kind of that crazy way, aren't we? We look at this stuff, but I actually wore them for a reason because it's going to make an incredible point in this message. Because when I bought these jeans, there was a tag on the inside. I want to tell you what the tag said. Watch this. These jeans have been intentionally flawed to make them unique. <laughs> Your genes, G-E-N-E-S, have been intentionally flawed to make you unique. There's seven billion people on the planet. You're one in seven billion. See, you, you don't get the card you've been dealt. You don't understand this card that, yeah, you didn't, you didn't ask for it. You were dealt it. And you don't even understand that the one who dealt it might be really the problem. You keep trying to play church. It's probably why you like to bluff or sometimes fold. Because the problem isn't that you don't like your DNA. I think part of the problem is you, you're having a problem with the dealer who dealt you the DNA. He knew you before you were even in your mother's womb. And he already set you apart. That's why you struggle playing the card. You're just like, it isn't fair. What if I would have born with two legs instead of one? You wouldn't be you. See how it happened? 
happens. You're intentionally flawed. See, some of you were born with a hypersensitivity to pain. You don't even know where it really understands where it came from, but you'll put something on and you just know it isn't right. Something happens, and you just have a hypersensitivity to pain. You were born that way. It's not neither good, it's not neither bad, it's who you are. Some of you were born with a high pain tolerance. Anybody like that? Oh my goodness. You go through things and you don't even know that it should hurt. It's absolutely crazy. I, I told you that last week I actually grilled outside. Well, we decided to do something because my eight-year-old wanted some s'mores. You know those things, those marshmallow, chocolate, graham cracker things? And so we lit up our fire and we were back. By the way, you got to tell you something. It's crazy. This world keeps making new things. And I'm starting to wonder why. Like you can, you can buy a marshmallow now that's already square, flat, <laughs> for your s'more. Like you're too stupid to like not flatten it yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, what's with that? So we got those marshmallows, and I took out one of my grill forks, and I put the marshmallow on it, and I'm not, how many like to light them up? Can, can I tell you something? Yeah, well, don't give me that woo stuff. You, you probably don't even eat them. You, you burn the heck out of them, then you go, we wanted some more. You know what I mean? You think like you're the grill master or something. But I'm one of these, even though I'm ADD, I can, I can take that thing nice and slow. Because my daughter wanted it right. So I got that thing nice and ooey and gooey. And it was just getting a little crispy. It was perfect. I put it in the graham cracker with the chocolate and squeezed it down. And I pulled it out. And I looked at the fork. And I'm like, there's still some soft, gooey marshmallow stuff on it. <laughs> and I heard it go, <laughs> And I, like, fried the inside of my mouth. Like it's turning white. And my wife's going, oh, that had to hurt. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but you can see it blistering on the end. No kidding. I'm like, dog. My first thought wasn't that hurt. My thought was like, dude, that just like ruined my romantic evening with my wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it didn't me. She's just like, I ain't kissing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some of you were born with low energy. Anybody that way? Yeah, no, no actually there is. Because you're, you're like. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You make a slug anxious, you know what I mean? <laughs> and things like, move it. Some of you are born like me with high energy. Anybody like that? Like, oh, yeah. You know what? Keep it moving, Pastor. Come on. You say, man, I haven't even made the point yet. You know what I'm saying? You make the Energizer bunny tired. You know what? He's like, slow down. You know? But listen, you were born that way. We're different. Those are flaws in our lives in a sense, but it's who you are. Some of you were born with weak eyesight. Anybody that? Come on, put your hand up. I've seen you drive. Trust me. <laughs> it's not right or wrong. You just shouldn't drive. You know what I mean? Some of you are born with hearing issues. You have a hard time hearing. Some of you are going, what? Anybody? I told you that last year I had to go get my hearing checked out. 
Because, uh, and you know how they, you go to the doctor's office, they put those headphones on, you put in a room, and there's supposed to be some little beep that goes on, and you have to raise your hand accordingly. No kidding, what I found out was that the megahertz that I was struggling hearing is the same tone in my wife's voice. Who knew? I mean, <laughs> I had no idea. It's crazy, isn't it? It's nuts. But I'm going to say it again. I think the problem's a little deeper because you're, you're, you're continuing to say, but pastor, it's not fair, and you're missing what it's about. You see, I, I didn't get to choose if I was a girl or a guy. But God didn't make a mistake. I didn't get to choose. I wanted to be 7'2". I got to be 7'1". And about a foot shorter than that. <laughs> I still think I'm seven one. But you see what I'm saying? You were dealt, you didn't, you didn't get to ask for that card, you were dealt that card. And I think some of you may need to square with the dealer. I didn't get blue eyes, I got brown eyes. I got a sandy brown mug on the top. I didn't get blonde hair, dark black hair. God knew what he was doing when he made me. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. And in the womb, he formed me and then he set me apart. But you have to understand the card. We'll come back to that in a moment, people. But it's important you catch this. There's a second card. It's called the card of relationships. My relationships. We're a product of our relationships, are we not? The people that we're around, they influence us, especially when we're young. And I want you to listen to this very carefully. Study after study has shown that our identity is largely determined by what we think the most important people in our life think about us. And some of you don't understand the card. I'm sorry in some ways that you were birthed into a home maybe with the absence of a father. And you're thinking this isn't fair. God didn't endow that. People make choices, but he allowed it because nothing happens without God knowing it first. And you say, I don't understand that. It's because it's the card and, and you've been dealing with the card wrongly. It's why it's so quickly that you just want to fold your hand. I had a gal that was talking to me one time and she didn't have a dad growing up and we began to talk about that and she goes, I don't even know my dad. She says, I don't even care. And I says, well, I disagree with you because if you didn't care, you wouldn't be angry. And in some ways I said this, your dad's still your hero or at least you're trying to wonder if he would have been there if he would have been. She goes, well, there's nothing I can do about it because he's dead and gone now. I said, I think there's a lot you can do about it. It's the card in your hand. And even though I'm not sure that's what God wanted, he still knew it and he still allowed it. You just don't understand the card. Our relationships play a huge part in our lives, but we don't understand the card. You see, one day Jesus is walking down a street and a guy comes up and says, what's it really all about, Jesus? Like, what's the purpose in life? What, what does it really matter? He goes, I'll tell you. And here's what Jesus said, and I'm just paraphrasing. He said, it's not about accomplishment. A lot of people will chase it. 
It's not about acquisition, what you own. It's not about popularity. It's not about power. It's not about prestige. You want to know what life's all about? The guy said, sure. And he said, it's all about relationships. Your relationship here and how it changes everything here. But too often we start here and that's what gets us in trouble because I already told you we're all imperfect, aren't we? Which means there is no perfect relationship. There is none. And since we're all imperfect, we have problems, don't we? We hurt one another. We fight with each other. We misunderstand each other. And then we react to all of that. Which brings me to the second thing, that we're all imperfect. Well, sin disconnected us. From the very beginning, the moment that Adam and Eve sinned, they went and hid from God, and we've been hiding ever since. We're disconnected. We're disconnected from God, and we're disconnected from each other. Now, here's the third key. The more disconnected I am, the more fear runs my life. And some of you came from from very dysfunctional relational homes and friendships. You don't understand the card. That's why you have a hard time trusting God, and that's why you have a hard time trusting others. But I want to help you with that. I want to show you something in just a minute. There's a third card that helps shape us in our identity. It's called our environment. I'm not going to say much here, only that we all know that pressure, problems, pain, they all shape us, don't they? If you had a loved one in one of those buildings in New York City on September 11th, your life forever changed. And because of September 11th, just using it, As one example, all of our lives changed. And every time we travel, we deal with what a handful of people did in evil, in cowardness, in ugliness. It changed our lives. But you don't understand the card. I'm going to show you that in a minute. But there's a fourth card, and I want you to get it. And you need to write this in, that it's the card of my thoughts. And I'm talking about what you say to yourself. Now, I want everybody to get this. I'll just be personal here. No one's harder on me than me. I am my worst critic. Now, let me take it a little bit deeper. You need to listen very carefully. And almost everything I say to myself is a lie. And you're just as guilty. Almost everything I say, let me say it this way. If you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself, you wouldn't have any friends. And yet we do this all the time, church. But here's... One step even deeper. It's not even what we say to ourselves that's really the the moment of shape. It's what we believe that we say to ourselves. It's when we take that lie and make it a truth which it's never true. That's why the Bible says be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. But a lot of people don't understand that card. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. There's a fifth card, and I left it blank because it's really the card that changes the entire hand. Most people don't understand this. 
It's called the card of my choices. The choice you make is such a big deal. And I want you to get this and watch. Listen very carefully. I can't control what happened to me. But I am in complete control of what happens within me. Some people go, well, the devil made me do it. The devil made you do nothing. The devil just tempted you and you chose to listen to the devil. You may be going through an ugly moment with some other person and they really gave you an injustice, but you're in complete control in your reaction. For the one who knew no sin went on a cross and it was in love and joy that he said, Father, forgive him. And if there's anyone who had a right to get even, it would have been Jesus. But he did get even. He went to a grave and looked at the devil and said, no more. <laughs> and he broke forth and gave us life. And he calls us to do the same. Does he not say, love your enemies, love those who do wrong to you? And that's called understanding the cards. I'm going to show you this in just a second. You see, my entire life is determined by this last card. My entire life is how I choose to play the others in the hand. See, every time I have a bad thought, it's like being on a scale, and you've got the scale, you know, the two weights. And every time I put a thought on the right side or the wrong side, doesn't matter, I put it on the scale, it begins to change the scale. And the more I take those bad thoughts and I keep letting them into my brain, it tips the scale at one point, and that's called depression. But if you take the scriptures and the truth about what God says and you put them on the other side of the scale, it begins to change and eventually it tips. And that's called success in living. And that's your choice. That's the card that changes every other card in the deck. And I'm going to show you that. But I want to help you with this because you need to get this. See, Paul said what? Fix your thoughts. That's an intentional act on what is right, what is true. That's why I set time away to be in the Word of God. Because I want to start with God's truth, not with the world's lies. So that's an appointment I have with God because it's so important. I don't have a day until I start the day with the one who made the day. Okay? And that's why it's so important. But some of you don't go there. You're chasing a calendar because you're still chasing it and you wonder why your hand struggles and how you don't play it as well as you can. It all comes down to this card, people. It comes down to your card. You might want to write this down. You change your brain, you change your life. You change your thinking, you change your life. That's why Paul said, we don't copy the behaviors of the world. We let God transform us. And some people say, how does that happen? He says, by changing the way you think. You need to think differently. It's a game changer. Garbage in, people. Put God in, you get God out. So let me give you a few things that you need to write down. I get to choose what I think. I just told you that. I get to choose what I think. Here's the second one. I get to choose who I will hang out with. You make that choice. The people I choose to hang around with, they, they teach me how to think if I'm not careful. 
the way I speak, the way I perceive the world. Whether I want to admit it or not, my friends will frame reality. So if I want to fly with the eagles, I got to quit hanging out with the turkeys. Does that make sense? Dan Penna said it this way, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And he's right. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs 13, the companion of fools will suffer much harm. Paul wrote in Corinthians, don't be stupid, bad company corrupts. See, I'll just tell you this. I hang out with a lot of people that don't know Jesus, but when I hang out with them, I'm the influencer, and I know that going in. I want them to have what I got. But my friends, my friends care more about my eternal future than my temporal moments. My friends, when they talk with me, always seem to quote Scripture. They really want me to be successful for Jesus, and that's how they walk with me and talk with me. Amen. And I'm very intentional about that. Those are the people I surround myself. I'm not interested in being around the critic. I want to be around those who are Christ-like because I want to be like them. By the way, someone said this, you're the average of those you hang around. You're the average. So if you have a dream... You need to figure out if that average is going to get you there. You get to choose that. It's a choice. Years ago, a large newspaper offered a substantial amount of money for the best answer to this question. What is the shortest way to London? This thing caught fire. It went all around the world, and people would contextualize it to their area of, of their world. But here in this English paper... They had thousands and thousands of entries. I want to give you the one that won. The shortest way to London is good company. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. That's why I tell I'm offering them up. That's why I tell if you go on a vacation and you're driving, take Pastor Reed with you. If it's a 30-hour trip, it'll feel like 30 minutes. You will laugh. You will have so much fun. He's the best thing you can have in your car. It's amazing, isn't it? If you're going through a hard time and you have bad company around you, it just seems like time stands still. You have good people around you, it just seems... It's awesome. I get to choose who I hang around with. I get to choose what I think about. But I also get to choose how I will live my life. And I choose to live it God's way, Yahweh, not my way. And you know what his way is? It's called love. It's called love. You see, love takes the focus off of me and puts it on everybody else. Love focuses on what I can give, not what I get. Now, church, listen to this. Self-centered people walk into a room, and here's what goes to their mind. How do I look to everybody else? But God-centered people walk into a room and go, who needs a pat on the back? Who needs a word of encouragement? Who needs a hug? See, that's what they focus on. And that's what I choose to live. 
God's way. That's my choice. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians, make God's love your highest goal, your highest aim. But that's a choice, isn't it? And how you choose changes the rest of the hand. Let me show you. I'm going to ask Chris to come to the stage. I didn't ask him to come to set up what I'm about to show you. I just want you to watch this. I've done this before. If you're a guest, you've not seen it. But Chris, real quickly, I want you to just read these cards. I want you to read them left to right and tell everybody what it is. Four of spades, king of hearts, and two of hearts. Okay. I told you. Four of spades, king of hearts, two of hearts. I'm going to ask Chris to take the center card, pick the king of hearts. Now watch what happens, people, when you choose well. Show everybody. You get Jesus. You get Jesus. You with me that? You get Jesus. Now, church, listen very carefully, and I want you to watch this. When you pick Christ, and he's the king of your heart, it changes the rest of the hand, and you start to understand the cards that God has dealt you, and every time, you get the royal flush, and your hand wins every time. It just depends who you choose to live for. I'm not talking church and I'm not talking religion. I'm talking a true relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who dealt you your hand. You've just been on the wrong side of the hand. You think you see what it is and that's why you're like, oh my goodness, I'm either going to have to fold or bluff. And some of you, you've been playing your life like Vegas. You think what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You think what people don't know, somehow I can get through. But you fail to understand that the relationship with Christ isn't about what other people see. It's about what God knows. And there's nothing hidden. And when you get this card, that's when you can go, God, I praise you. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. You didn't mess up. Yeah, I got flaws in my DNA, but that's okay. I'm just going to know how to play them. I know that I've had some relationships that I didn't ask for, and it didn't seem fair, but you know, God, you're going to use it in a mighty way. Many of you know that in the first years of our marriage, my wife and I went through a deep, deep struggle. There was some unfaithfulness. There was adultery. And the natural response was wanted to push back and try to justify self, but it's amazing what God can do when you choose the King of Hearts. And he began to change this card, and we'll celebrate 30 years this July, and she's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And her and I get to walk, and I know she's watching right now. I'll be home soon, baby. And I look at her and I think, wow, and we get to walk with so many couples and what seemed to be a bad hand turned into an incredible God hand. And I get to play five-card God stud. And I win it every time. You see what happens? But some of you have been bluffing yourself through. You got everybody else fooled. But it's why weekend church is sort of an option if there isn't something better going on in your life. It's why you give the way you do. That's why you do. You justify it. You make excuses. You're not interested in what the Bible says. But it's a bluff. And you need to hear this very carefully. God knows it and the devil knows it. 
And sadly, you care more about what other people think. I don't care about what God knows. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. And I trust Him. You see how that happens? It changes the card. 9-11 changed us and it inconvenienced us. And coming back to the illustration, but you know how many people that I've had a chance to witness to while waiting in line? I've actually stood with TSA people behind the monitor where you're not supposed to be. I remember a gal that I could see was broken and I just walked around and I put my hand on her shoulder and said, I'm a pastor. I don't even know what's going on. It just seems like you're having a rough day. Can I pray? And she just fell in my arms and we started, she started crying and I just prayed for her. See, it's just how it changes the card. I'm not a loser. I'm not inadequate. I can do all things through Christ. You see what happens? The king of hearts changes the entire hand. Some of you folded already. You said, listen, I, I'm, I'm telling you, Pastor, and you threw the cards down. Can I tell you what God's word for you be right now? Pick them back up. You just didn't know what you had. Pick them up and bet the farm. Pick them up, bet the farm. I won't pray for you. I don't know where you're at with Jesus, really. But he gave you in a winning hand. Your life is a winning hand every time in the hands of Jesus. But it's a choice we make. And it changes the entire hand. As Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. Let him come in. Open the door. Father, I, I'm so grateful how through time you've helped me see my cards where I thought it was unfair, where I thought that, man, if I would have just had this or just had that or if this had gone this way or this had gone that way and yet, God, you were teaching me all along saying, listen, I've got you, Keith. I can use everything in your life. You just let me have it and I will transform those cards. And on that day, you'll hear me say, well done. You just stay true in my word. You keep trusting it. You let me have your way and you'll win at that hand every time. And God, that's true for everybody in this room.